Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. So great to see some familiar faces here this morning. So proud of you for getting to church. You know Mark and I never take it lightly that people turn up to church. For some of us, we've been doing this for a very long time, and we forget what it's like to re-engage and to come to church for the first time, for the second time, to come back after six months or even after three months. And um, it takes courage, and we're so proud of you for coming today. And we know that when you turn up, it's because God has got something for you. We believe that, you know, our job here together as a believers of Christ is to provide an atmosphere and an environment where God can speak to you, where he can heal you, where he can set you free, where he can give you fresh vision, restore you. And most importantly, remind you again about what worth giving your life for. Remind you of the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that the complexities that we carry, the issues that we're facing, the uncertainties, chaos in our heart, it all pales in significance when we behold the wonder and the beauty God is. And we as humans need our perspective shifted all the time. We need our eyes set again on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our lives so that we're not running around trying to deal with our own lives, but we're submitting them to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna talk about that this morning, thank you. I'm gonna turn that extractor fan off, because it's not. And they already know, look at that. Oh no, maybe not. All right. Now, I'm not an evangelist like my dear husband, who could preach to the multitudes of unsaved all his breath, all his life. And um, because I'm preaching the comeback, I have a slightly different viewpoint, which I'm going to share with you today. And it's just a download of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things that I'm passionate about, and I know you've, this won't be a surprise to you when Summer was even teasing me about it last night, only you, Pastor Sarah, can turn a comeback message into a whitewashed tomb message. It's funny how our passions prevail, how our convictions always rise to the front. And that's because that's the way God has designed us. And when we get comfortable enough to realize what our, contrib- our contribution to the body of Christ is, we find freedom. And so we all know that you are a part of the tapestry of C3 Church Topor who God has made you to be, what he has gifted and anointed you to do is necessary for us here. And if we can empower you to be who you are, then we're gonna be able to reach out to all of humanity. We need you flowing in the freedom of who God has created and made you to be, not to fit in some sort of mold, but the conviction and the passion that echoes in your heart is from God, it's not just the way you've been designed or created, it is uniquely are, and it's uniquely needed here in our church, but it's also uniquely needed here 
in our city. And one of my passions is growing up in the church all my life was one of the most brilliant um, experiences. Obviously, my mum got saved when I was five years old um, from a very, very radical um, lifestyle of complete brokenness and complete mess. And we know that when our hearts are in a mess, when our minds are all fragmented, we are um, seeking out how to restore those places. So we look to any substance, we look to humanity on how can we get our lives back together. But when you meet Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior and Redeemer, the healer and restorer of your life, you go on a journey forever of being put back together. It's not a one-shop, one-stop wonder. It is a lifestyle that you commit your life to. So I've had the privilege of growing up since I was five with parents who have come from very dysfunctional backgrounds. One of the great things about being friends with anyone who's had their lives turned around by Christ is that they are so passionate about not going back. It's um, They are just so determined, it is so real for them to feel the love of God, pull their lives back together again, and it creates a sense of fervor, it creates a sense of um, you know, totally all in for the gospel, just sold out, and it's a really great experience to grow up in a home like that. It's awesome to have friends who um, remind us. That's why the church needs salvation, because the, the mediocrity inside of us, the familiarity inside of our faith needs the new converts to come in and remind us again of the preciousness of Jesus, the sacredness of his love, the power of his restoration, the soothing of his... And, but, and growing up in the church as well, um, you know, the whole time God was speaking, crafting, like he was crafting, molding. And I'm here to say, whatever you've experienced in church, whatever baggage you might have come out of church with, need to use that, you need to get up and restored so that you can continue to invest in the body of Christ. See, some of us, or many of us, have had negative experiences, perhaps made bad decisions, and just take ourselves out of the race. We just press the eject button, done. But if we could just take what we've experienced let God do a work inside of our lives, and then like us to do with that, bring such a richness and such a depth to church that we're missing. So part of my experience has developed inside of me a great passion and a great conviction to make sure that our, our culture here at C3 Church, our family, have an authentic faith where we're dealing with the issues of our heart. Dealing with the issues of our heart, right? And um, I'm gonna share a little bit about um, what that's cost me to lead, at, to lead as a person. Share that with you. But that's what whitewashed tombs are. It's a, a moment in the Bible where and to me, they look like um, they look like the 
they look like because they've got it all together. There is little poverty in you in comparison to other nations. Now, I'm, I understand that there is poverty, people struggling to make ends meet. But when we consider that to other nations, um, it pales in significance to what they're experiencing. We all look, I mean, I'm up here. If you guys look, all of you look like you've got incredibly look wonderful. But I can't see your heart, only Papa can. Only the Holy Spirit can. Only truth that is hidden in your heart. Walk around church, we around our community, marriages up on masked up on the out, looking but rotting eternally. And I, what I know is this: if your life is is anything like mine, and mine's not that bad. But I've still got massive issues. <laughs> still, and I don't want them. Um, I never asked for them. <laughs> but it's growing up in a broken world has an impact on your heart, and God wants to constantly, of salvation, constantly live our heart. Only we were courageous and brave enough to live transparent. Him. And I just know, without a shadow of a doubt, if we got real and our heart, revival would Because God is doing stuff inside of us. We listen next to us. They need to be living. They need to be role modeled the and the team. We come to Jesus. It's like Pastor Aaron Hardy. I love creation, right? Like I read this about this quote I read on Facebook. It's not easy to be overweight, but it's not. Both are hard. You it's not easy to be poor, healthy, which uneasy, difficult. It's not easy to be married. Do you know? Do you hear what I'm saying here? It's not about finding easy. God. It's about finding peace and the spirit inside of us. And, um, and I'm preaching to the converted this morning. I'm, I'm not here to you way, but I'm here. And I'm here to remind us this morning about releasing. It is so relaxing. It is personal judgment. I mean, people go on all the time, right, about how Christians are so judgmental. And, um, and I, I don't disagree. But, mate, we're, we're mostly judgmental often on ourselves. We live as our worst critic, constantly going over our own behavior, constantly putting our lives on the trial of our own judgment to decide whether 
not, we're worthy or unworthy. So living with your heart transformed from God removes you from having to be judge, the jury, the counselor, executioner, the person who has to punish yourself, and you can just move into It's very relaxing. One of the best fruits that's very relaxing is your mind will Oh man, I remember when this happened to me. It was, um, we came back from about two years. And all of a sudden, the lights got turned on. And, and it's pretty full on because you start to realize the internal dialogue that is inside of your mind. And fear is a huge voice. Security, judgment. None of them are friends. You sit in your you're talking something in your mind. No. You never argue with you. So when he speaks, it stills you, it almost debilitates you, and you whatever he's saying. But when you're in an argument, when you're defending yourself or talking to yourself, um, I'm not going to go into it today, but it's a familiar spirit speaking into your ear and you're engaging it. Whatever you engage becomes loud. Whatever you engage becomes real. So if you're in a constant conversation and engaging it every day, that's what you That's why it's so important to be reading your word because this word, as you meditate on it and it gets written inside of your heart, it starts to echo in. God says, start to speak the truth life. It says in um, Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm getting to the prodigal son. You wait. You can see where I land this. You see, I want to land this in the comeback, and he's so proud of me. Proverbs 4, 23. Oh, man, Janet, you're an absolute legend. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Give me a hand, give me a wave if you know the scripture. Okay, so we're talking about the majority of us. If you haven't heard it, take it home. This is a real gift of wisdom from King David. But this word guard is very interesting because we go into more battle type mode when we think of guard. So it's very easy to mistake guarding your heart as actively walling it up, as a form of protection, as a form of guard your heart, keep it tight, keep things out. But true wisdom to guard your heart, to offer it to the person who should guard it. The only person who should guard our heart is Christ. He's the unworthy but we have to make that intentional decision that we won't independently guard our heart. I remember when I was about 16 or 15, and, um, and I'd been dating, not Mark, deep betrayal, very ashamed of, no. 
first time he's heard it. <laughs> but I'm going to just tell you a story because there's some young people here this morning. And I was dating um, a guy, and, and he was a great guy. Um, very, <laughs> very strong world, strong choleric personality. And I thought, you know what, this is really good for me. I'm really strong, and I need someone who's stronger than me to keep me in line, to control me, you know, in a sense, just to dominate me. So that will keep me on track. And I thought that was a form of security. I actually thought, man, that's a form of love. And I felt really at peace with somebody. And then as a relationship continued on two, three years in, I started to see the erosion of who I was and the dominance of who they were. And and so I'm in this moment and I've done a whole lot of things I feel like I should never have done. Like Mark says, it's a... A slow fade, never from black to white. It's a slow fade. Little decision upon little decision. It's letting go of one boundary and of another. Slowly, things start to erode away in your life. The great twilight of nothingness. And you end up a different person than you started. So this is where I'm at. And, and, it's, and I'm... I'm wracked with guilt, I'm feeling a whole lot of shame, I'm feeling deep disappointment, and I can't find my way back. I just, in my heart and in my mind, I don't know how to get, to make this change, come back to God. So I'm at a conference with John Cameron, and he's getting us all to lie on the floor and get in the river of God and die in it. And, um, and, and this is always popping up between, like it's this massive object. And he just said to me, Sarah, you've given someone else your heart. And, you know, I'd just given my heart to this guy. Back to me. And I had this incredible vision of um, this man, this boy that I was dating, beside Jesus, was on the holding my heart. And I felt him return it to me. Then things, honestly, started to change. Mark was one of those changes not long after. Um, the only person who can guard our heart is Jesus. Philippians 4 verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Guarding is the protection of the Holy Spirit. And why is this an issue? Because in Western culture, I really believe this, it's a Western culture thing. We have a real ease and an enjoyment with the spirit of independence. And it divorces us from allowing God to be the Lord of our life. It says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a young man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Because the nature of Jesus Christ is that he will not force you. He will not dominate you. He will not manipulate you. He will not discipline you. He will not bring calamity upon you. Because his nature is he loves you, 
when you approach him and you say, I will no longer give you my heart, I'll no longer trust you with this, this area of my life, I'd like to take it back, he'll release it to you. And the spirit of independence is alive and very well, probably in your life as it is in mine. And when the Holy Spirit starts to shine the light on it, you begin to see it in every area of your life. But it masquerades as protection. It masquerades as a counterfeit form of security. And you begin to want to be in control of your life. It separates you, which you think protects you, because if I separate myself from relationship, I can't be hurt. It isolates you. It makes you guarded in relationships. Guarded, I tell you what, makes you super guarded in your marriage. It says things like, I'm fine. You become task focused, down to business. And you're disconnected from the emotion of your heart. It's very, I'm not so familiar with it in men. I know it's there, but I know it's rife amongst women. The spirit of independence takes over and it shuts God out. And we see in the parable of the lost son, he separated himself from his father's house. He just decided I wanna be independent. I wanna have a go at being the author of my own life. I'm gonna be the designer and the maker of my destiny. I'm gonna sit, charge of my finances. And so he divorced himself from the father's house. And the thing is, anything that is not under the submission of Jesus Christ will not flourish. It just cannot flourish because You and me, we are not designed and created to be separate from relationship with God. We see in Genesis verse one, I mean, Genesis chapter three, we read about the account of the fall of Adam and Eve. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So we see in this moment, Adam and Eve decide to not sit in and under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but to gain the knowledge that he had, to become separate from underneath and to become in in one sense, a desire to be equal. They came out and disconnected. I love that it says, and you must not even touch it. It's like Jesus knows. If you handle independence, your humanity will be attracted to it. Keep submitted under my lordship. Let me be your protector, your guide, the author of your life. And relationship that is between us will cause you to flourish, your life to flourish. Troll is a counterfeit counterfeit of security. So I was having this, just going to share very quickly what this looked like in my life. And I do that just to help you get a bit of a grid 
on what it is to take a concept and apply it to your heart. But first of all, your heart's got to wake up. So to even engage in a story like this, your heart actually has to wake up and you actually have to begin to feel some things. And I really think there's people in the room this morning and there is an absence of deep emotion in your own heart. You probably just think it's your nature and your personality, but I'm telling you it's because that part of your heart is not under the Lordship of Jesus because your emotions are your gift from God. God has created you to feel so you can A, engage His presence, but that so that He can speak to you, He can you, He can inspire you, and you can be connected. Now, of course, there's always gonna be people who feel that more than others, but you gotta get your heart feeling, you gotta get your heart fleshy again. If it's gone like a stone, it's all hard and contorted, then God, his oil, his love, it needs to come and just begin to let that thing move and breathe again. So when your heart begins to feel, then all of a sudden, all the emotions of life start to hit you. And it can take some getting used to, to feel again. Because the absence of feeling makes us slightly robotic, disconnected, isolated. And as much as that is very dysfunctional, sense of comfort. We, like I said, we build a sense of security. I don't have to deal with it. I don't feel like, don't feel much. So, so it does take a little while to get the heart moving again and to feel his presence. Some of the things that that can feel like is a little out of control. Because all of a sudden, you may cry when you haven't in the past. No, you may feel really angry. Anger may surge through your body and you think, this is not right. Doesn't Christ say, don't be angry? Remembering anger is a secondary emotion of something going on. There's some sort of pain, betrayal, insecurity, hurt. Something in there is causing you to feel angry. So once you get moving, anyway, so Mark here texts Mark and I, and, he's, and I'm feeling all these things, and, you know, yeah, Mark's like you were. And, um, you know, when this happens for Mark and I, we don't try and fix each other, but we've learned to listen. And as, see, whatever your focus becomes your reality, and when you give your heart time, you actually give yourself permission to explore some of these. So I'm feeling all of these weird emotions that don't line up with my life. I'm sort of feeling angry, feeling betrayed, and I'm, um, and I'm just, you know, and, and I can feel my tendency inside of me is that I don't want to address this. I don't want to know about this. No, I, I really don't have time for this. I mean, are you like me? Who's got time for this? I mean, we're up doing life, and, and all of you, you big people with big things going on, you work in families, we don't necessarily even have time for this. So all of this is going on, but, I'm, but we've learned to be intentional and to speak to each other about our hearts. I'm feeling all of these moments. It's annoying, but it's very real, and it's very present, and I don't know if you can relate to how long ago was it that your heart fell? was it that you felt a surge of it? And Mark here texts, 
how are you guys been thinking about you? And instantly I've just got a decision. Do I be independent? Or do I actually actually focus on something I felt? I wasn't feeling it when he texted. I felt totally fine. This is the thing about emotion, right? It comes in waves. Sometimes it's not consistent. But when it comes, you feel really... Yeah, so I said, no, I'm not feeling good. Mark's like totally fine. And um, he's like, I'm okay. I'm going to go home and look after the kids. So Mark comes and I start to tell him, like, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel out of control. I feel like I want to control things. Um, I feel like everyone's abandoned me, which no one has abandoned all what I'm feeling because no one is, you know, everyone's abandoned me. I feel totally betrayed. Um, and I'm just hurting. It's like heavy inside of my heart. And I feel angry. So, you know, he starts, he asks me to shut my eyes and to begin to look back. Where is this coming from? And Holy Spirit just took me on this journey and started to reveal to me some lies. And I, I actually just fundamentally believed that everybody in my life was going to leave. And I actually really struggle with it in my marriage. I feel, uh, I feel very nervous and have had quite a bit of ministry around um, Mark, leaving for God, leaving for the church. So it's, just, it's irrational. You guys are not like that. You're just so wonderful. So it's irrational, but it's a truth outplaying in my life. It's like a narrative in my subconscious that God hasn't healed and restored. So he starts to reveal these lies. He says to me, Sarah, you require loyalty because it's your way of controlling. You feel like if people are loyal to the core, they won't be divorced from you. And that's just, it's just your heart hurting. It's a lie after lie after lie. So that's great. So I'm like, well, that's great. Um, great. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like you've emailed me my life and it's really hard to read. Um, and I feel really messy. And then I start, you know, one of the things is what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I feeling? Why do I even feel like this? What is wrong with me? And we can often find ourselves in that. What's wrong with me? And anyway, Holy Spirit just starts to take me back to this moment. I'm not gonna go into it very deeply, but when I, when I was born, my natural father wasn't around because my mother chose not to be with him. And I had, she had fallen in love in nine months um, and moved in with a guy and he was an incredible guy, loved me, completely adored me, although very dysfunctional lifestyle, you know. But I, I felt loved by him. And when mum got saved, he didn't get saved. He, he started out um, for a while coming to church, but he didn't make a commitment to God that lasted. And so mum felt like she needed to leave. Because all of this is good. But here's me Sarah, little five-year-old, stuck in the middle of this, not knowing. And all I knew was that somebody I loved left and I didn't know why and left me. And I've been carrying this 33 years in my life and it's outplaying in these deep, anyway, all of a sudden Holy Spirit reveals this to me and he starts ministering to my life. He starts speaking to my life. He tells me, because I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? He tells me, I'm so proud of you, Sarah, because you feel and you love so passionately. 
I love that about you, Sarah. You're so fierce. Your heart is so engaged. Sarah, I love that you are so invested in relationship. You give everything. And, and he starts to just empower me. He tells me how he sees this time in my life and how he, that was, it's so important to God. And he just starts to heal me and restore me. And it's 10, 10 minutes. And I'm feeling great, man. I'm like, oh, so good. And all of those feelings of, I'm telling you all those feelings of anger, betrayal, and whatever they were, start evaporating because God's healed the source. This is how we guard our heart. This is how the peace of God comes over our life. And this is how we choose not to function and flow in an independent spirit. And this is so important for anyone who's coming back to church, that they can hear the authenticity of our life, that they can journey next to you and next to me through our brokenness and receive the discipleship. Because I've been saved for so long and because God has done a very significant work in my life, I can move through moments like these quicker than, than I used to be able to. It used to take me weeks to be able to listen to my heart. But the more you do it, the more you get good at it. And so Holy Spirit can be good at it like a test that you can pass. There's just an ease and a wisdom that comes over you. And then you can begin to gift that to other people. One of the things that I asked Mark for when I, he said, what do you need? I said, I need a grid to move through this. I cannot figure this out. I need a grid. And the grid is having your heart transparent God. The grid is letting his protection come. The grid is allowing him to speak to you when you function in a tender. Why don't you stand this morning? And I am convinced that if our whole church is brave enough to move in to positioning their hearts before God, the whole community would fill this place. People come to Christ, you came to Christ because of the brokenness of your life. I came to Christ, you came to Christ. You can come to Christ today because you need someone to look after your heart. You need someone to heal and restore your mind. You need someone to bring peace that surpasses all understanding into the chaotic places of your heart. It's not that He's going to make our life perfect or easy but we can walk through it with complete freedom on the inside that flows everywhere around us. If you'd like to this morning, why don't you just put your hands out in front of you and I'm just gonna pray a prayer of dedication and um, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal to you if there's anything I've said in my message that is true and present and real in your life today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you fill this room, that your presence is here. Your presence is to the front, to the back, to the left and the right of every single person standing here. Your presence is around us. Your voice is beside us this morning.
And Lord, we just open our heart up to you. We see it in our mind. And why don't you see it in your mind this morning? The seed of your heart, which is your desires, your emotions, and your plans that you make. The seed of that, which is your heart, if you're holding it this morning or if you've given it to somebody else, just ask Holy Spirit to begin to show you. And I encourage you in your heart and mind, Give it back to God saying, I'm not going to divorce myself from you and holding control my heart, my desires, my emotions and the plans in my life. I'm going to return it to your sovereignty. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.